Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Today in the studio, we bring Kevin Deskins, a marketing director with Ohio-based camera rental and purchase shop Midwest Photo. Today with Kevin, we dive into how you forge authentic human connections and relationships, why integrating into your community is so important, and how shopping local helps with all the above. Welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Mark makes up his own words sometimes. <laughs> he has his own vocabulary. <laughs> it's true. If I can, uh, if I can't pronounce it, I'll just make it up. But you know, what I respect about you, Mark. You're a strong and wrong guy. You'll just butcher something, mm. and you charge on oh, like dude. nothing happened. Total and everyone confidence. else is like, "What the flip did he just say?" And you're just like, "Yep." Yeah. Scientifical's been my best one of yeah late. That you mm-hmm. say that a lot, yeah. Yeah, you do. It do. sounds so real. Like that's Dude, very scientific. I'm, I'm actually starting to believe that you believe it's real. You know, we should run a contest eventually. Like whoever can point out Mark's fake words. Dude, the ambitious like filmmaker podcast part. drinking game. Rules <laughs> are simple. Every time Mark makes up a word, just pound a shot. Good luck. Let's see. Let's try to get started before we just. Uh, <laughs> run off with our best content what are you yes. talking about we we've already started <laughs> live baby oh, it's good it's recording so hello and welcome to another episode of the ambitious filmmaker podcast we are moving along with our pandemic pivot series and today we have a special guest on the podcast kevin deskins a director of marketing for midwest photo exchange camera shop and rental house in columbus ohio not Oy. only, Oy. 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 and when Kevin is not being a director of marketing, he is also a freelance photographer and creative. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So we've been in our last handful of podcasts, we've been talking to people and getting a grip on how the film industry, how freelance filmmakers, how creatives are adapting and pivoting during this crazy wild time that we're in right now. You working at a rental shop, you are like right there. You're like in the epicenter of these pivots and changes that we're all having to go through. So we just kind of like want to talk about how the film industry is changing and shifting right now and adapting and pivoting to this newfound like life that we're all forced to kind of live right now. Sure. I mean, we we obviously were hit as a business. Um, we had to close our doors. We did see a change in business. We're not going to sugarcoat that at all. I think everybody saw a change in business and there's no hiding that at all. And the first wave, I think that we noticed, this is serious and this is going to affect some businesses, was wedding photographers and wedding videographers canceling their reservations for rentals. After that, probably within a week's time, two weeks time at most, we started seeing an eagerness to get gear again. And I think it it was a combination of several different things. I think it was boredom. Uh, People are stuck at home and they want to create something cool. They've got immense amounts of time on their head, just like tons and tons of time on their hands. And they don't know what to do. They're out of work. They want to create content. I've seen some photographers go to selling tons of stock photography and stock videography. So it, after a week or two, it turned itself kind of around now, not to full capacity, of course. I mean, there's no full steam ahead quite yet, but we still have a regular, consistent income of calls. And I think primarily it had to do with content. Now we're seeing more gear being rented out for live streaming. So people are are coming in and they're saying, Hey, I work for a church. Hey, I work for so on and so on and so on. I mean, 
constant video now. The live stream uptick has been big time. Yeah. Big Not time. only the request for sales, we have been hit on, on both ends. So we have distributors coming to us saying, I'm now carrying brand X, Y, and Z, and they've got this product, this product, and this product that do live streaming. So distributors are hitting us up for sales saying, we want to get this stuff on your shelves in your warehouse so that you guys can ship it out. And then we're getting customers saying the same thing. Hey, I need this, this, and this to get my live streaming operation going because this is not over, <laughs> you know, mid-May, early June, at the end of July, live streaming is now a new way of life. With life being different, we are going to now consider a lot more of those streaming options, those video mixing options. We actually just interviewed a company, two guys who live streaming is like their bread and butter. So it's really interesting that you bring up that live streaming because I don't think that was a focus for a lot of filmmakers in the past. It seems like in the future for filmmakers to continue, independent filmmakers to continue doing work, they're going to have to learn how to integrate live streaming into their business. You know, and I know for a lot of people, change is really hard. <laughs> And for filmmakers, it's the same. It's, it's difficult. How easy, from your perspective, is it for a filmmaker to be able to integrate the equipment, just the, the ability to do it? You know, what does that look like for a filmmaker who's either just starting out or has had success in their business, but they've just never live streamed? It's not difficult. If you, if you know the equipment, I'd say it's, it's fairly easy. It just takes a maybe a day to learn some basic uh, live streaming capabilities through whatever platform you're live streaming on. If you have the equipment and you know it well, it's not difficult to integrate live streaming into whatever you want. So it's not very difficult at all to answer your question. It just requires a, a bit more investment on it on gear, which in comparison to what, what filmmakers spend on lenses and cameras, <laughs> there's no way they're going to gawk at a capture card that costs a hundred bucks. That's nothing to penny pinch on. You've spent thousands of dollars on your lenses. Let the quality flow out there to the masses and show everybody what you've got. Yeah. So for the for the film filmmakers that say do a lot of corporate work with like clients and whatnot, yeah. you'd say it's pretty easy for them to just use their existing equipment with maybe something they could rent, yeah. just a couple of things they could rent yeah. from somebody like you guys right. to integrate or add that service to their yeah, there we've got a Sling, box. like for example, Sling Studios, one of the things that we have in our rental division. If you're not familiar, Sling Studio is a live streaming option. You just attach it to the hot shoe and then you just plug your HDMI right into it. And there's a platform where you can mix multiple cameras or even phones and cameras. And really that's it. It's just an HDMI plug-in like you plug in a monitor. It's You know how to do it already. It's just having the proper equipment to do it. Do you think once all this blows over, things like live stream being integrated like permanently into things like weddings? It is. I We've already actually seen that kind of request. I don't think it is going to be bizarre for people to begin sending out Zoom links on their wedding invites. It's not out of the realm of possibility. We've already received communications from people saying, you know, I've had a relative die and this sucks, but I have to get it done now. One for closure understandable. Two, for affordability. You can't just have somebody hanging out in a mortuary. You have to bury them and, and kind of be done with the finances of it. So we've had questions about, I need help doing a live stream setup for a funeral. That's heavy stuff. So you know if people are thinking about it for funerals, which have to happen in a timely fashion. People are only going to put off their weddings and their parties 
and their meetings and their conferences for so long until it financially hurts. And then, then it's going to have to come back into gear. And if we're not allowed to go out and do those things, then people will get creative as we have seen and try to integrate those things like live streaming. So yeah, realm of possibility. It's very high for things like weddings and parties and, and whatnot. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to lay down this heaviness of we want to live stream a funeral. Like, no, but it's, it's a real thing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's like something we, we have to face during this time. Yeah, I I think it's very insightful though, because I would have never thought about that. My wife and I do wedding photography, not wedding video, you know, so I'm not thinking live streaming, but like we've had the same effect that you were talking about thinking about live streaming. Yeah, you're right. Like if people are asking about that for a funeral, they're going to start asking about that for everything else. So are you seeing a big uptick from your distributors and like the equipment that you guys are ordering to be able to provide both on the sales side and the rental side? It's tough. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork to say, I've got the product that you need. But <laughs> all of that joking is like, we vet it. We vet the products that are being advertised at us. We look at reviews. We try to get a feel of what other, you know, we talk to industry people like yourselves and we say, hey, have you heard of this thing? What are people saying about it? We scan forums ourselves. You know, we're not opposed to like seeing what's online, seeing what people are really saying on Reddit or Twitter or wherever and, and saying, you know what? This company, they got a really bad track record of, if, of not upholding their warranty. So we don't really want to bring that product in in case a customer gets pissed off and you know wants to return it and we have nothing to fall back on. Going back to your original question, yeah, I think it's getting more difficult to supply those products because there is competition in the market. There's online services that deliver within two days. There's big companies in New York that can get it to you in two days. There's a with large warehouses there's companies everywhere that are going to be competing against you stocking in your warehouse. It's a tough game to play, but we're, we're making it happen. We've got a really good purchasing manager uh, at Midwest and they, uh, he, he does a great job of negotiating and making sure that he's outputting realistic sales forecasts so that the companies know that we're, we're actually working to get these in customers' hands. That's awesome. Because I was going to ask you, you touched on like, quality assurance for what you sell and for what you rent. Yeah. Um, what would you say to filmmakers though? You know, especially we talk to a lot of filmmakers who are just starting out, you know, or kind of newer in their career. What kind of advice would you give them when they go to purchase a camera, a lens, or to go rent one? You know, what should they look for as far as good quality, but then also like red flags to watch out for. Before you buy anything from our sales floor, if it's in our rentals department, try it out. I don't care if it's a, a lavalier mic that costs $200. I don't care if it's a prime lens that costs $2,000. If it's in our rentals division and you're thinking about buying it, you should definitely rent it first. And I don't say that because, you know, rentals is... Rentals is a good, it's a good business. It's a good money maker. I'm not, there's no sugar coating that. But we have a program where if you rent something and you decide you want to buy that product within two weeks of you renting it, we'll take one day of rentals. Let's say it costs $100. You rent a $200 lavalier for a hundred bucks. You bring it back the next day. You're like, it was great. Superb. This is exactly what I need in my kit. Well, we'll take the hundred dollar credit and just apply it against the microphone. So you're really only paying, you're actually paying the full price for it, but you've gotten a free rental of it. You've got to try it for free before you bought it. Which you can only do from a local company, which you can't which you do from big boxes. Yeah. Authorized to sell such products. Like, yeah, there are awesome rental houses online that you can rent from and they'll ship it to you and they'll give you the return label. And that's awesome. Like we're doing 
shift rentals right now for established rental customers that we know have the rental insurance and have paid with credit cards and we have all their information. We know like people like you that, that, that rent from us. But there are companies online that will do it too. The problem that is those companies will only sell their equipment after it's run its rate in rentals. So if yes. Borrow, Lenses, Borrow Lenses has a 24 to 70 that you love to shoot with, uh, both photo and video. When it's done being rented by borrow lenses, they'll sell it off used. They don't. They can't sell you new equipment. They can't sell you new Canon equipment. They're not a Canon reseller. They're they're rental house. So that's something that you usually can only get from a local place like us. Yeah, I mean that was another um, topic I really wanted to talk about today and focus on is the importance of staying local and staying as much as you can within the community that you work and that you live in. Why is it so important for our industry and the future of our industry to, to stay local? It's a good question. And I, I highly support it. There is a time and a place for several businesses in your life, right? There's a time and a place to be shopping on Amazon. There's a time and a place to be uh, shopping with the big guys in New York. There's there's a time and a place for all these things, but staying local and trying to support them as much as possible is important for a few different reasons. One, the people there are more than just a camera store employee. They're people, they're real people. And I'm not saying the people that work in big corporations aren't, but when we come to work, our goal for the day isn't a manager who answers to a manager who answers to a district manager who we answer to the person like I can literally walk to the owner's office and start talking to them. Anybody in our company can. That's the beauty of it. We know where our money is going and we know how our money is being invested. And when we come to work, we're not thinking, okay, my manager has a quota for me of XYZ and I've got these orders that I've got a cold call. And blah. We're not doing any of that. Our first priority in the morning is making sure that your like literally most <laughs> the vast majority of our of our sales staff the first priority in the morning is going to answer emails not sales emails just questions that people have for them these questions they can be about products that they haven't purchased from us we don't care we're there to like support our community our photo and video community so we're always thinking about what do they need help with how can i best answer their question how, it's all about balancing time too. So it's like, how can I best answer the question with the time that I've got? Because I'm, I'm obviously not going to sit there answering, writing out the manual to a Canon 5D4. I know I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but I'm going to say, here's a great YouTube link that I learned from. And we have autonomy. A lot of us are taught like, if you find something that's helpful for a customer, reach out to them and say, hey, here's something I found about your camera that I know you were asking about last week. I know you didn't buy the camera from me. I know you never rented it from us. Heck, you bought one filter with us in the last three years. I don't care. You come in and you say hi. You grab some coffee. You keep us company. That's what it's about. That's that's why it's important to shop local because there's people there who are genuinely interested in your success. And I think that's very important for a company to have. And not a lot of companies have that. And you'll find more so that the local companies will be willing to do that. It really sounds like you guys have purpose. We do. Yeah, we, we try to make sure that everybody is satisfied with what they're doing. You know, we don't want somebody there just coming in, clocking in, doing the job, leaving. And we don't have those people. We don't have those people at all. We, we've had those people, but they that's not what this company is about. That's not what we're about. It's very family-like. It's not very business-like. We were professional. We're professional to our customers. We're professional with each other. But at the end of the day, we're all friends and we're all family. Integration into your community. You are a representative of your community. I do think that that does kind of get lost when you go to just like, there's nothing personal about going on the internet and renting a lens. I've done it. 
I'll I'll be lying if I said I hadn't. I've done it. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. But like you don't talk to anybody. If you have a question, you got to wait for a little chat bubble to pop up, you know, and then you got just a picture of someone's face looking at you as text comes across the screen. So there is like, if I could just touch on that chat feature real quick, that kind of bugs me with some of those companies. I, um, this is something that drove me bonkers. This happened like three months ago. And I was like, I can't believe this. I'm not going to name names at all. But when you log on to our website right now, a lot of our sales staff, they're not in the store. But if you go on our website, a chat bubble will pop up. Our sales staff has a schedule. Like there's a schedule I can go to right now and tell you who's on live chats. In the bubble that you see, the picture, that's actually them. What drives me nuts is I was on a website about three months ago and the chat bubble popped up. And this little guy sitting there in the chat bubble, like his portrait. And I'm like, that's a nice... And I looked at it for a while. I was like, that's a nice portrait. It looks kind of familiar. I know exactly where I've seen this guy. I know exactly where I've seen that picture. So I turned to my graphic designer. I'm like, hey, pull up that stock photo website that you were scanning through the other day. And no sure enough, way. the chat bubble portrait is a stock photo. <laughs> oh, man. What a violation of trust. You really take that for granted. You really take that for granted. I'll be honest. I've never thought because, you know, like a lot of these big business type things like, oh, you know, corporate headshots once a year, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Oh, man. Yeah, that. That's my <laughs> Am I actually talking to Elliot from Portland? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a good thing to point out, though, about just authenticity and trust. Like, even yeah. if you, yeah. you grow to become a bigger retailer yep. or you're local, like, people see through it. They people do. see through that. But to touch on your point, Caleb, you said something about community, and it is. When I stepped into this position, I had one goal for everybody. I went up to the sales staff and I said, look, I know that you're not my employees. You are sales employees, but you are the front line. Like when somebody thinks of marketing, which is what I'm the head of, people are not thinking of me behind my desk or what Google ad they saw or what Instagram post they're liking this week. They're coming into the store and they're seeing you. You are the first line of marketing. So I gave them a goal, which was, we are not a store. We are a community resource. We are the community resource. So if you have questions about printing, if you have questions about restoration or scanning or photo or lenses or bodies or video or live streaming, we're that resource. We never say we don't know. We say, you know what? We're not sure, but let's find out together. We try to educate you at the same time we're educating ourselves. And I think that when people see that happening, that's where the community, that's where the relationship starts that's why it's important kind of to title. And that's why it's important to shop local because you're bettering yourself, but you're also bettering somebody else in your community, no matter which position you're in, whether you're the salesperson or the consumer. I love that. I love that because I feel like one that brings us a, a form of humility mm-hmm. and uh, which doubles down on the authenticity bit. But also to me, like as a consumer, if I was like, if someone was like, well, let's find out together. That to me says like, I know that you're not going to lie to me. And to me, there's a form of trust that's built there because as we're learning together, I know that in the future, when I ask a question, if they have an answer, it's because they know. Mm -hmm. Because if they didn't, we'd be finding out. I love that. I wasn't thinking about going here, but I think this is a great topic and great point for all the filmmakers out there, not just if you're a shop. Yeah. But if you are a filmmaker and you're trying to market yourself, you know, what what kind of advice would you would you give? I think you nailed it in that sentence. Just the phrase market yourself. We as humans like to think somebody wants to hire me. It's not going to be because of price. It's not because I have a smile on my face. It's because of what's in my portfolio. 
that's why they're going to hire me. And that's a really crappy attitude to hold. And if you hold it, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not trying to harp on you. I'm not trying to beat you up. What I'm trying to tell you is like, I'm, I feel bad for you because what you need is connection. Hmm. People think about it. You go into Best Buy. You are not going into Best Buy for the connection. You're going to find the cheapest iPhone case that you possibly can without having to dial into amazon.com. Like that's, that's not why that you go to Best Buy for the cheap price. Then you want it now. People are not going to creators, whether they be filmmakers, whether, whether they be cinematographers, whether they be photographers, whether or not they're graphic designers, it doesn't matter if you're a creator, people are trying to connect with you because they're trying to create something personal. So never, ever discount that connection. Be authentic, be honest, and the connection will flow naturally. That's like the best advice I could probably give a creator or filmmaker. I, <laughs> I passed the test. <laughs> yeah, wow. Kevin, uh, honestly, you kind of beat us to the punch. Usually, as we're getting close to the end, I always ask the one piece of advice, man, but that was, that was pretty solid. <laughs> it's super solid. I mean, I'm always preaching like it, the price is like, it's so far down the list that if you're ever worried or scared about your price, it's like you've got other things you need to focus on first. If you're mm-hmm. worried that your price is too high. Yeah. Cause we're not a commodity, even right. with like 99 designs or like any of those online spaces for Fiber creatives. Or, yeah. It's like, sure. Some people just want to design, but when it comes to video and you have to be in person with another, with somebody else and you've got to spend 40, 80, hundred hours with them, they want to hire you. They want to be around you for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. If you think about it from a creative perspective, if you're somebody who is filmmaking or photographing people, it's even more important to have that connection because we all know as, as those types of people that when somebody is being filmed or photographed, they're going to look their best when they're comfortable. If they're looking, they're not looking at the video when they're being filmed. They're looking at you. So if you're the one that they don't have a connection with, they're not going to be very comfortable with you behind the camera. And therefore, their footage or their photos is not going to turn out well. So the more connection you have with them, the better their product will end up being. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do how do filmmakers do this? If they're like, man, that's a great how do they work on that? It's about being real. All right. So like I said before, don't lie. Don't make up anything. Don't try to act bigger than what you really are. Try to have like an ego about it. Just be real. Like, Hey, what's, what are you interested in? What are you interested in is like the number one icebreaker that gets them comfortable with you and vice versa, because I need to be comfortable with my client just as much as they need to be comfortable with me. If I'm talking with them, the first thing I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about what you want. Let's not talk about what you want. We'll get down to those facts later. Talk about what you're into. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you do as a hobby. Tell me what makes you smile. What's your favorite color? (laughs) Like anything, like what's your favorite food? What's your, what's this cool restaurant? Oh, you went to that restaurant. I went to that restaurant like a month ago. I really liked it. Or you know what? They have this great cocktail, but they only serve it during the winter. Whatever it is, just start connecting. Be real, authentic. Don't be egotistical. Don't lie. Just break it down. Try to meet somebody. That's, that's what it's about is actually meeting the person. So If you do that, then you can start filling in the details later. Okay, so I heard that you really like this one part of town. I think it's cool too. I really like the sidewalks. Oh, you like the sidewalks? I really like that design on there. How about we do a photo shoot or do some filmmaking right here on this street where we both like that sidewalk? I think it would turn out cool. Make them start 
have them be part of the process, have them be your producer, have them give some creative input. Don't be afraid of that. If you think it's too much and they're going crazy, like they want a CGI unicorn coming out of that alleyway, like maybe pump the brakes and be like, you know, it's not really my style, but I think it would be cool if we did this and maybe play on their ideas a little bit. So you don't have to lie to them, but you also don't have to give them complete control over everything, but it's nice to give them a little bit of input and show them something when you're, when you finally get to the session or you finally get to the shoot date, have them see what you're doing and be like, this is going to turn out cool because here's what I'm going to do later. I'm going to slow this bit down. And then I'm going to like make this really vibrant, you know, if you're shooting in log or whatever, because they're going to first thing, if you're shooting in log, the first thing they're going to do is look at the monitor and freak out. Why is it all gray? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the color? (laughs) It's really about leading them down. Yeah. Yeah. Leading them down, down the path. Yeah. So make a connection, be real, have them be part of the the process a little bit, show them what you're doing, explain what you're doing. So they're not intimidated by this little person behind some big machinery. You know, when you go to a dentist, you tell me how you feel when you start seeing everything like laid out on that tray. Like this, is this what you're putting in my mouth? This is, this, these are the tools that you're using. What does that thing do? Does it go into a drill? Like those are the first thoughts in my head. And those are the first thoughts in somebody who's like not familiar with gear. Mm. You go to a shoe, you see this big rig with like arms coming off of it. And there's a, like a TV monitor. Like think about how scary that is. I'm trying to make it not a big deal. The gear isn't a big deal. It's just a tool that you use. I mean, it just seems so simple in theory, but I feel like a lot of people have have a difficulty understanding that and actually putting that into practice. Yeah. And you don't even have to be like a creator or a creative. Like you could be, you know, if you're on a large production shoot, maybe you're running the table at, you know, the craft services table, you're, you're, you know, arranging the bagels or making sure the cream cheese is properly iced or whatever it might be. At the end of the day, people just want to be treated like people. And I think if you keep that in mind for business, and balance it with professionalism, you're not really ever going to have a problem. Be real, be authentic, don't lie and be egotistical. People want to be heard. And sometimes they're so heard that they want to hear you. And that's the cool part. Then you have reciprocity and you've you've got a relationship at that point. (laughs) I got one more. I just want to make sure Sure. that before we go, that people know how to connect with you. How can people work with you during this time? to continue to support their own business. There's several different ways that you can get a hold of us. We never want to be out of reach of anybody. So by phone, you can always call us. We operate our phones currently from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. 614-261-1264. That will get you through to anybody. If you want to email us, you're not comfortable on the phones. M-P-E-X. M is in Midwest, P is in photo, ex.com. That's our website. There's live chat too. If you're shy and you don't want to call us, there's live chat on our on our website if I didn't mention that already. Um, with real people, with real photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gunning for you, Elliot from Portland, if that's even your name. None of our staff is from Portland and none of them are named Elliot, so it's definitely not us. <laughs> yeah. If you want to email us directly, there's a contact form on there, or you can email mpex at mpex.com. We have social media. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We've got TikTok. Like we, it, we've got Reddit. We're everywhere. We're constantly keeping a pulse on the photo and video community. 
Yeah, Kevin, it was great having you on. This was a very insightful conversation. Just a great reminder to me, and I know for our listeners, uh, the importance of authenticity, building genuine connection, and also for all you guys, shop local. So that brings our podcast to a close today. If you have not already, please, please, please hop over to our Facebook group. Join the conversation. Let's let's chat. Let's grow together as empowered filmmakers, changing the paradigm for the better for the filmmaking industry. It's the video community. Simple as that. Stay safe. We love you all. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.